I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Shaka Hislop and Stevie Nichol is here in the studio as well. We're kicking things off by reflecting on what happened in Germany last night and what a night to forget for Bayern Munich. sold out Ludwigspark Stadion for the DFB Pokal second round tie between Bayern München and 30 Saarbrücken. The hosts have nothing to lose and 16,000 fans are ready to try and roll them to greater heights in one of the biggest games in the club's recent history. Thomas Müller with the strike, oh just like that! An ice cold finish from Thomas Müller breaks the deadlock. The thought was the Bayern would push on and cruise to a comfortable victory ahead of their classicer against Dortmund on the weekend. Saarbrücken had other ideas. There is a chance for Saarbrücken, and they've got the goal, the equaliser, courtesy of Patrick Sondheimer. And a big twist now that no one was expecting. Second pass comes off to Naibi. Nice ball round the corner for Sevilla. Piatas in the middle to aim for. scenes then in Germany as we welcome in Frank LeBerth and our very own Jan Argerfjordov. Jan, for those who don't follow German football that closely, how big a deal was this? Well, this is a... It doesn't get bigger because this... I mean, if you're, if you're Bayern, it's expected that you win the double. And you can say that you can't expect that. Well, they do. They do expect you to win the double. And this is the third year in a row now. They've been out second round and quarterfinal and now out again. And imagine all the things that has been around the squad. My squad is too thin, Tuchel says. It's a power battle inside Bayern. Uh, we won't even mention that Harry Kane is coming there just to win as many titles as he can. And there is a lot of things. Everything should be right now. And it's not like Bayern put out a B team. They put out a great team. Manuel Neuer was in goal again. And losing there, I mean, in Germany now, this is big, big headlines. Uh, and Tuchel, Tuchel will probably use it to say my squad is not thin enough. But have a look at that team. That yeah. is not a bad team. That is not what you sent to Saarbrücken. This is third league in Germany. Third league in Germany. And it's expected when, when Bayern only win 2-1, there's a crisis in Germany. So you can imagine how things are like now. Who's getting the blame, Jan? Well, you can blame it on a boogie, but in Germany you can blame it on Tuchel. It's, it's always a coach who is the weakest link in, 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 in German football. And as they do in Germany, as they do at Bayern, it's all a part of the power battles. Uh, after the summer, uh, Tuchel got more power. He's in, in and around decisions to, uh, made to get in and out out players. But I think they're more in a shock today because they thought, well, we're finally there, winning 8-0, and now it comes to Klassiker. Let's go to Saarbrücken and just go through to the next round. Well, it, wouldn't, it didn't happen. And I mean, th there are so many things that Bayern did wrong yesterday. They took the foot off the pedal. And now, now you are on that stage how many players praise the fans after the game. You know, they mm. have this exercise in Germany when the player goes to the fans anyway, and if they lose, they will stand there and have an argue with them. And Thomas Müller then, of course, he's, the, he's always there. He's Mr. Bayern. And he criticizing the players. And we know the drill. And, and that's where they are at this moment. And I think they try to calm down as they're having the classic. But, but this is scenes that you see. And a lot of the players went inside. It was five, six of them standing Standing out there, a couple of juniors as well. So this is a big, big thing in German football. If people say this is only the cup, no, this is only Bayern losing another title. 
Uh, let's take you to the quote that you uh, referenced there about Thomas Muller talking about his colleagues not going over to the fans after the defeat, saying what is not possible at all is that only three or four players understand how to respect the support. They came here, I don't know how many hundred kilometres during the week. The most important thing is to understand how to give something back. Of course, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and surely, surely the time to kind of please those fans is on the pitch. Whatever you say afterwards is, is irrelevant. Fair enough. And you could say that that is something you do afterward. You could say that is football populism, saying that straight after a game. But I think they've learned to do that. They do that all the time. And that is concerning the fans. It's also interesting to see how that will be reacted to at the dressing room. We saw in the weekend that Gundogan had a go at the attitude of the players of Barcelona. So Thomas Müller is doing the same here, in a, in a way. Thomas Müller being in and out of the team. He's he been scoring now uh, in, in Saarbrück. He, he made that 1-0. Everything, everything was fine. I think this is a criticism to, to his players. And he's kind of building up this uh, attitude that they don't have this uh, DNA of Bayern, but DNA of Bayern being winning games and, and, and losing a Saarbrücken. It, it's like, it's, it's like, and you started it all, it's unbelievable, unglaublich. Uh, Frank, what do you make of Thomas Muller's comments? Do you agree that he should have made them publicly? No, of course not. I mean, that may be the first time in Neil's career that I disagree, completely disagree with Thomas Müller. I mean, we have the same problem in France where fans, they take the microphone at the end of the game and they, they hammer the player. We have to stay in line and, and listen to the fans talking. I'm not, that, that, I'm not like that. I think you have to pay tribute to the, to the fans wherever you lose or you, or you win, you go at the end of the game. You, you thank them to come, but you don't talk to them. They're never the employer of the players. So you don't owe anything to them. And if they're not happy, they can say that they're not happy and they can even not come to the game anymore. But you don't, you don't owe anything. You owe to the guy who pays you. You owe to the board. You go to the club. But the club doesn't belong to anybody. Not the players, not the players, uh, neither the player nor the, the fans. I never accepted that. I saw that. I see that in France so many times in Lyon, in Marseille, in Saint-Étienne, where the, the players, they have to listen to the fans. Since when? Since when? I'm sorry. Thomas is wrong. You can say, sorry, clap them, and go in the dressing room with your shame. But, you know, explaining why you lose? No, that's too late. What do you think, yeah, I'm, well, I, I don't understand why you have to stand in front of fans straight after a game when you've just lost and, and explain, as Frank said. That makes no sense whatsoever. And Thomas Muller coming out in public in the same way he did makes no sense whatsoever. If Thomas Muller wants to make a point, then what he does is he goes straight back in the dressing room and because of the stature that, that he has in that dressing room, mm. he gets... He gets anybody at the shower who's having a shower, gets the whole team and tells the whole team. That's how you do it. That's how you make your point. That's when you talk about this is expected at Bayern. This is what we do at Bayern. This is how we go about it. And if we turn a performance like that, then this is what we do. But you do that and you look at everybody in the dressing room and you make your point there. You don't go in the papers. Particularly, right, particularly you know, every time Jan comes on here, he talks about how it's Hollywood Bayern. Mm. And it doesn't take... The smallest thing is turned into an absolute... It's, everything's a giant. It's a mountain. So you, when yeah. you know... Thomas Muller has to know him coming out in the, in the press and saying that is going to create another problem. Bayern don't need any more problems. So I, I, say your piece, but you say it in the dressing room. I think I think Frank Mike makes a valid point saying this is one of the first time I don't agree with Thomas Müller, and it's a valid point because he's always been a player so have have a great attitude, and he's one of those you love to see succeed. But of course, it's not it's nothing to do that Thomas Müller doesn't know what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he knows that he's saying what the fans want him to say, and we know in a dressing room, um, right or wrong, but we know we don't like that. We like mm. someone coming up to you. We've, we, I guess we've all been involved in fights in dressing room, big verbal fights and even uh, big fights. Yeah? And, but Thomas Muller, by doing this, 
he's just building up this myth of the politics of German football. And that is, I, I've said that, I won't talk about the Hollywood thing, but I will say that the big difference between a German football club and, for example, an English football club is in England, and in Germany, there are between 10 and 15 people who place the politics in the media. In English football, is only the manager. I don't like that either. But it's, you, there should be more. I don't think that the manager should talk about all politics at the football club. But in Germany, that just fire up everything in the politics in and around Bayern Munich. Is it self-preservation from Thomas Muller-Schacker in a way? Obviously, your team has just lost 2-1. You are out there. However, we're talking about what happened afterwards regarding the relationship with the fans as opposed to his performance on the pitch. I, I think that may be a valid discussion around anybody but Thomas Muller, just given his, his record and reputation with Bayern Munich. If anybody doesn't need to, 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 to self-preserve here, it, it, it's him. But maybe he does. He's coming in and out of the team. You know, no. he's not a first choice. It's kind of almost teacher's petty, isn't it? Look, the fans, I still I, connect I, with I, fans. I, I, no, I'm, I'm giving Thomas Muller the benefit of the doubt here. And, and while, yes, he may be in and out of the team, that's a part of, of being a footballer. At some point during your career, eventually, that happens. It comes to all of us. And it's, it's, it's less about um, being teacher petty and more about maybe Thomas Muller thinking about life after football, life after he's, he's, he's kind of hung up. His yeah, so it's self-preservation, that's what he's um, thinking about. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think that, that that's needed for him right now. I, I don't think that's where his, his, uh, his reputation is built uh, around these kind of theatric displays in, in, in the media or, or elsewhere. And, and again, maybe I'm just giving Thomas Muller far too much credit here. It, 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 it just feels... And I, I, I guess I'm, I'm with everybody here. It's just odd to me. Everything about it. I, I, I appreciate you go out. When you win a game, you go, you clap your fans. When you lose, you clap your fans and you go in. As, as footballers, we always talk about keeping things in a very even keel. And that lends into it. That how you deal with success and defeat um, in front of the fans also is, is kept on an, on an evil keel. So this, it just feels really, really odd to me that I, I, I'm not sure how to explain, how to position, given that it may just be cultural. Uh, so a big surprise then, Bayern Munich out of the cup. And of course, next up for them is a game that is live here on ESPN+. Plus. They'll be taking on Borussia Dortmund. Just a reminder, how things stand in the table going into that clash. Bayern not top, as Bayer Leverkusen who sits top of the table. Borussia Dortmund in fourth. If they win it, they would go above Bayern in the table, let's take a look at how the bookers of uh, the bookies have things set. Uh, Bayern Munich are favourites despite being the visitors, 13 to 10 on. Meanwhile, Borussia Dortmund 14 to 5. Uh, let's take a look at how everybody is going for this in the predictions. Uh, everybody but Jan, in fact, is going for a Bayern. Oh, yeah, Jan, yeah, Jan's going Dortmund. Frank is going for a draw. Stevie, is there any suggestion that maybe? If we're going to put any positive spin on them losing to Saarbrücken, it's like, right, now you go out there. Now that's the kick up the backside you need to go and put in a proper performance against Dortmund, as opposed to winning easily midweek and maybe going in there a little complacent. Well, that, that is... Listen, <laughs> that is the response, not just of a team like Bayern, but any team. Any team that has a horrible performance, horrible result, whatever way you want to put it, the only thing that generally happens is the next time they step on the field, regardless of the opposition, is everybody is at it. Everybody's concentrated, everybody's fighting for the cause. Right. And so the fact that it's Borussia Dortmund is bad news for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, so, yeah, the question you asked, 100%, this, this without a shadow of doubt, if their minds weren't focused already to play this game, you better... You bet your bottom dollar, they're focused now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure that you put a positive spin on, on losing this in the Cup to, to, to Saarbrücken. As, as Jan uh, points out, Bayern are expected to win two trophies a season. So unless they somehow go and, and, and win the Champions League and the Bundesliga, then this, this is forgiven. Otherwise, you crash out early in the Champions League and this loss is kind of piled on to what would otherwise be framed as, as a disappointing season because of, of what, what happens in the Bundesliga. And, and that's the challenge. When you're a club like Bayern Munich, um, the difference between success and failure is, is razor, razor thin. And it's one or the other. And, and losing in, in the cup 
to lower league opposition as, as, they, as they just have. Um, just, just, trying just, kind of just trying to be positive. Well, I, I appreciate you trying to be positive. Just because you're in the Burley point. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I appreciate your positivity, but it's misplaced. <laughs> to, to your question previously, if I'm, if I'm Thomas Tuchel, if I'm the manager of Bayern Munich, yeah. the last thing I see before the team walks out the door is, by the way, this is an opportunity to get your respect back. Right. That's the last thing I say before I go out the door. I remind them of how bad they were. Yeah. So absolutely you use it in a positive So it's the last manner. thing you say, not the last thing you say. If you see what I mean. Uh, Jan? Hey? <laughs> well, because this... It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jan, no Delict, no Kimmich. True. Uh, Delict out for four weeks. Uh, Kimmich because of the red card after four minutes at home against Darmstadt. There were some warning signals that there was something with his hamstring uh, hurricane. Uh, I spoke to my friends in Munich uh, just before oh. I come on here. They said that is just something that, that that was a cup injury. If it were in a league game, he would have played and it should be very okay till till uh, to the, the classic. But but it's quite interesting. I was very impressed. I guess you guys saw the game. Dortmund played in Newcastle. There was something about, and we said this before, of course. But, but there was something about the maturity of, of the game, the good balance they played. Uh, Newcastle had p beaten PSG. Everybody expected them to, to, to do well also against Dortmund. There was something that, that they did at that game that made me think that maybe they take a next step. But the, all of us, I mean, I, I tip that Dortmund will win. Uh, of course, I pray for an exciting uh, Bundesliga. I, I also notice if Dortmund lose and Do Leverkusen win, they will be seven points ahead of Dortmund as the main wow. main challenger. Uh, but but <laughs> I guess next Monday we're sitting here and said, what about that deflected shot from Sar or something that they won in the 90th minute? But I, I still think that Dortmund can use this momentum because it's not only that they lost the game, they are knocked out of a chance to get a title. So mm. this, is, this is a big, big defeat for Bayern. Uh, if you're Dortmund, Frank, as Jan quite rightly says... You play on that result you got against Newcastle in the Champions League. Not many gave you a chance going into it, yet you outplayed them. You'll be looking for that sort of performance once again this weekend. Yes, that, that's, uh, you play at home, so you want to, of course, win against uh, Bayern Munich. You want to play on the fact that they just lost midweek. And uh, if you're the coach, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna focus on that and make sure that you're going to target the, the psychological aspect of, uh, of that loss. But I don't know. I would be a Borussia Dortmund player. I would say, well, we have to expect a, a, an answer, a, a response and a reaction from the Bayern Munich players. They would have won. It would have been normal. That they lost, it's going to be tricky for them to, uh, to win against Bayern because they, they will have to get the respect back, as Stevie said. But just one thing about the cup. You know, people are always saying that's the beauty of the cup, you know, that you, have, you can have surprises. But they, they're happy with that except when it's their own teams uh, with, uh, with, uh, kicked out. And that's what's going on. I mean, Bayern Munich is not like sixth in the table, they're second in the table. If they win against Bayern Munich, every, uh, against Dortmund, everybody's going to forget about that. You know, it can happen. It can be an accident. Uh, and you don't have... I mean, you have to be reasonable at some point, you know. And I really think that I was in that situation as a player to play against a third division uh, uh, team you don't want to go there. It's boring. Uh, you're not happy. You want to play big games against Dortmund. You don't want to play against Saarbrücken with all due respect. And when you're wow. a top player playing for Bayern Munich, you don't want to. You have everything to lose. You just want to play, win, and bye-bye. Nothing to get out of it. So they but, lost but, one game, and it's like it's the end of the world. Come on. If uh, they win against Bayern Munich... I love just your anti-Saarbrücken ways. Uh, just no, a reminder, but, it is Bayern Munich against Borussia Dortmund live on ESPN Plus. That game is exclusive for you. Uh, coverage starts at 12.30 Eastern here on ESPN Plus. Now, for more on that game, uh, Derek Ray will be joining the boys on Football Americas tonight. That will be available uh, later today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more, whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at alienware.com slash deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. Eric Ten Hag is now the favourite to be the next Premier League manager to leave his post at 11 to 10, taking over from uh, Sheffield United's Paul Heckenbottom, who is at 5 to 4. Uh, this is what Ten Hag had to say after that defeat against Newcastle. I understand that when the results are not there, that is also a logical process that they're questioning that. But yeah, I'm confident I can do it. I, with all my clubs, I've done it. Um, and also last year, I did it here as well. Uh, but uh, in this moment, um, uh, we are in a bad place. And as I say, I take responsibility for it. I see it as a challenge. I, I'm a fighter. I'm in that fight. And, yeah, I have to make sure that I share the responsibility with my players and that we stick together and fight together and get better results in. Uh, for more on this, uh, Jan and Frank, are you all right, Frank? Uh, Rob Dawson joins. Hello, Rob, how are you? It's been a couple of days since we've had a go at Ten Hag. Let's start again, shall we? Uh, what, will it take? what will it take for him to be sacked? Well, we're certainly reaching that point that United are desperate not to sack him. They're going to give him as much time as they possibly can. But these results just can't carry on. Um, the, the next three games they've got are against Fulham, Copenhagen and Luton before the international break. Um, obviously, all three of those games are very winnable for Man United. To expose just how bad this team are. And it feels a little bit like the end game with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that they were struggling under him. They didn't make a change during an international break. They, they let him play. Or, or manage against um, Watford, who were bottom of the league at the time, hadn't won all season. The idea was that United would win that game and it would trigger a, a mini-revival. He went there and lost 4-1 and Solskjaer was sacked that night. And I'm not suggesting that, that Ten Hag will be sacked if they lose at Fulham, but if they were to go there and lose heavily, it would certainly give Man United a very, very big decision to make because although they don't want to sack him, they want it to work out for Eric Ten Hag, this run of form just can't carry on. It's almost like we're just going around in a vicious circle with every manager these days, Rob, who takes over at Manchester United. And we seem to be at that stage again here with Ten Hag. Obviously, recruitment and players we've talked a lot about. Does the manager actually matter at this point? Well, I just don't know if, if Eric Ten Hag was to be sacked. I don't know who would want that job. You know, mm. it's turned into a graveyard for, for good players and good managers. They, they all turn up at Man United thinking that they're going to be the the manager to turn things around 
and they, they just can't do it. And, and there are questions to be to be asked about the ownership, about the recruitment over the last 10 years, about the squad. The problem is, though, when things get tough at football clubs, the guy that pays the price is the manager. Now, I'm, Eric Ten Hag is a very, very good manager, clearly. He had a good first season at Man United. He did very well at Ajax. But he's in that cycle again now at, at Man United where he just can't get a tune out of the players he's got. And we saw it under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and he was sacked. It happened to Jose Mourinho, another good manager. He was sacked. Louis van Gaal had a go. He was sacked. United is a very, very hard club at the moment to turn around. Um, you know, there's lots of money there to be spent. They, they sign very, very good players. But whatever happens, they just seem to end up in this cycle of disappointment and poor results. And, and ultimately, the guy that's going to pay the price um, this time is the manager, if he can't turn it around very, very quickly. It's interesting, Steve, when we, we talked about situations in the past with players who will get you sacked. I remember Jurgen Klinsmann was somewhere talking about Leroy Sané, you know, that you can't rely on them. Yeah. You look at this Manchester United team and it seems to be full of them. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why the question, I guess, for those that want Ten Hag not to be sacked, is who could do a job here with what they've got at their disposal? And, and it's very difficult not to... And, and certainly a lot agree with that. Because there's just... There's no character in the side. Were you surprised yesterday how there was a lack of character, a lack of ambition, a lack of emotion? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing I thought about when, watch, when I watched the game yesterday, the biggest thing I noticed was the crowd. How apathetic they were. It's, it's almost like they've realised that regardless of who's on the field, right. we've got, a, we've got a, a, a team that just doesn't look as though it's that bothered about what's happening. And again, that, that brings you back to, well, is it, is it Ten Hag's fault? I mean, again, at the end of the day, I, I understand that you have to be able to motivate your players. It's part of your job. Sure. But, but, but who can motivate this lot? I mean, that's just, that's just the question that, that, that we, we can't answer. How, how do you motivate a team that, that doesn't want to be motivated? It doesn't matter who you are. So I have, I have some sympathy with Ten Hag. I agree with Rob. He's a good coach. We know he's a good coach. So really, I guess, again, I'm going to tell you where I think the problem lies, and it's the people who are recruiting the players. Because if you don't, if you don't, it's not anybody can see, Jaden Sancho, anybody can see what he does on the field, right? But what your job should be is not just about that, it's about the character. Right. So, yeah. that's the problem. This team is character. And again, I'm going to kind of go against what I've just been saying. If you look at Anthony, that's a classic case of a guy whose character's not right. Right. But then Ten Hag wanted him. Yeah. So now we're, going, we're starting to swing back the other way again. Sure. If Ten Hag's got people like him, Martinez as well he brought yeah. in. I, for me, again, questionable character. Uh, so so it, it, there really isn't a straight answer. There really isn't because you've got a bunch of players who don't look as though they can be motivated. And so how can you really get rid of the guy who, with four previous managers of absolute quality, couldn't do it either? Why is it? Why do you lay the blame at hand? Uh, Rob, I just want to pick up a word that Steve used there, an apathy at the Old Trafford crowd, which is something I don't think we've, we've ever used really, have we? No, and, and Steve is right. And I was in the ground last night and... and you know, there wasn't a great deal of, of anger there at the result. I think it's just they're just resigned to to this being the way it is now. You know, they've seen 10 years of this. They've seen managers come and go. They've seen players come and go. There's always that little brief spell of hope where you think this next guy is the guy to turn it around. He's the guy to bring back those Sir Alex Ferguson glory years. And it never works out. And I think the fans desperately, desperately want it to work out for, for Eric Ten Hag. But they know that he's battling against things that other other top coaches couldn't solve either. And so when you get a result like Sunday against City, where you can put that down to, you know, it's, there's no shame in losing to City, that's probably the best club team in the world. And then you turn up four days later against Newcastle, not even Newcastle, Newcastle reserves because they rested a load of key players. And the same thing happens. And I'm sure that a load of United fans who are travelling down to London for the Fulham game on Saturday 
are fully expecting the same thing to happen again. You know, they're always going to support their football club. It's it's ingrained in, in most of them. But they they know that this, this group of players in particular cannot be trusted. They can't be trusted to win, win any game. This is a team that look capable of losing every single time they step foot on a football pitch, regardless of who it's against. It could be Fulham on Saturday. It could be, you know, an under-nine team. And they, they are capable of losing every time they step on the pitch. And the fans know that. And that's why you get apathy in a stadium. Your boy Ollie's loving this, and Ian. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I think that is important when we do the judgment of Manchester United that we we come to a time where we analyze the different things here. But first, building a club, United are in League One. They are terrible, 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 terrible. We all know that. We say that all the time. But that is not the only thing that's happening here. Because I'm, I'm, I've been a big fan of Ten Hag. I like it. I like his character. I, I rate him. I rated him from the start. He, he got there. But the way the team is organized now on the pitch, that is not on Glazer. That is on Ten Hag. We have mm. to be honest with that. That has nothing to do with the owners. Because, yes, they have something wow. in common, all these managers. If they're Van Gaal, if it's Mourinho, if it's Ole, and now Ten Hag, they have the same owners. But if I'm going to be the devil's advocate, Ferguson had Glazer as well. He won five Premier League titles in the Champions League. So let's, let's just do the analyse here. And I think that a lot of the things that Ole and Ten Hag has in common is that they took over a sinking ship. They sorted it out for a while. But when they then were to, to be Manchester United, that Manchester United going to dominate games, that didn't happen. So let's try to, be, to do the anal analysis on, on different things, because we can mix up everything here. Anthony is on Ten Hag. Onana is on Ten Hag. Johnny Evans back is Ten Hag. Lindelof on the left back is Ten Hag. Uh, Nothing to do with the Glazers. Yeah, Jan. Jan, you can say, you can say that, but players are grown-ups. They're not kids. You know, they're put by the coach, of course, but they're on the field. They have, they have their own intuition. They have their own talent, their, their own football, and they have to to show that to the world, and they, they're not doing that. You can change. I mean, the biggest example was last season and the season before with Chelsea, where we changed, uh, I mean, we changed the coaches, uh, uh, Tuchel, then Graham Potter, then Frank Lampard came, and now we have Pochettino. And we have always the same problem, and you can have different class of, of coaches, you still have the same problem. And that's the same thing that you have in Manchester. Yes, the Glazers are not responsible for everything. You have the recruitment cell, of course, Yes, uh, Mr. T uh, Ten Hag is responsible for some, some part of it. But come on, the players, big grown-ups, start thinking about saving your own sake by saving the club and do what you have to do, being professional. They're not right now. And I said that already yesterday. I'm going to uh, keep on saying that because they play for Manchester United. They haven't been picked like randomly. It's because they had talent. So show it to the, to the, to the crowd, to the fans. Uh, who's going to be the next manager, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> what a question that is. I mean, obviously, it would depend on what, what they wanted to do. If Ten Hag goes mid-season, the choices are to, to try and appoint a permanent successor, which is obviously very, very hard to do mid-season because you would assume that that man is, is being successful at a different club. The easier option is to appoint an interim, uh, a manager who's out of work. Um, they did that when... Um, when Solskjaer was sacked and they appointed Ralph Radnick as an interim, which was a disaster. When it was Mourinho's turn to be sacked, they appointed Oli. Um, obviously, went very well, so well that he got the, the top job. If Ten Hag was to be sacked and they were looking for an interim, you, you would think that it would have to be an out-of-work manager. And then you would look at candidates like Lopetegui. Now, Lopetegui's out of work. He, he, he's left Wolves in the summer. United interviewed him when they appointed Ten Hag, so they know absolutely everything about him. He left Wolves and he stayed in England, so he is around. It wouldn't take an awful lot to make that appointment, but it's whether United want to go down that road or whether they want to, to look at a permanent successor. If you're talking about someone permanent, you're looking at, I don't know, managers like De Zerbi at Brighton. Um, Nagelsmann, I think, has got a contract with Germany until the Euros, and, and his future beyond that is, is up in the air. But again, though, you go back to the, the, the conversation we had right at the start of this. If you're De Zerbi or Nagelsmann, do you actually want this job? United is still one of the biggest football clubs in the world. But if you're deserving and, and you think that you've got you know, a, a pretty good setup at Brighton and, and you're getting lots of plaudits, you're looking at Man United and thinking, do I really need all that? 
If a big Doesn't club is going to come calling, then maybe I'll wait and get a, get another job. Genuinely, I think that you know, Man United is obviously a, a, a lucrative job for any manager. But if you're deserving, do you genuinely want that job, knowing what's gone before? Does it matter, Shat? Does it matter who you bring in? Are uh, you so far down that rabbit hole of doom that I, I, no one can I, help you? I, I think it makes it makes a difference in in Sydney in, in the short term. And, and and here's the issue with Manchester United. While everybody can argue uh, as to exactly what's the root cause of, of this apathy, to, to use Steve's word, um, around the club, the only thing we know for certain is, well, sitting from a Manchester United perspective, this can't continue. Something has to change. I'm saying that with my Newcastle hat on, I'm, I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. But th this certainly can't continue. So something has to change. And, and Right now, given the, the Glazers' positioning, they aren't going too far right now. Given uh, a lot of, of, of the, the upper boardroom, um, they, aren't, they are still waiting to, to figure out what, what their own futures are. Uh, and as, as we know, and as time has taught us, you can't just change an entire squad. So unfortunately, Ten Hag is, is the easy short-term fix for uh, what is a, a, a very deep-rooted and, and, and long-term problem. Um, to, 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 to the point that Rob, Rob's saying, whether Deserby wants his job, I mean, doing, doing a wonderful job at Brighton, but Manchester United are still Manchester United. What about Potter? Potter's around? Potter's around. Potter in about? Um, why would, why would Deserby not take the Man United job? Because he's got everything going nicely at Brighton. Brighton, hold on a second. Remember, just th think about what you said there. Brighton. A Man United. Brighton and Man United. Wait, 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 wait. If so, I think I'm a coach, if I think I'm a coach, tell you what, what if I, what if I turn this around? But eh? why, what is the suggestion you can turn it around? Well, he believes in himself. He thinks he's got... But we've, we've discussed it. You, you, you look at the team on paper, you look at the names, you look at... On paper, it looks, it looks not bad. No, it doesn't. To that question, Dan. Well, so, wait a minute. So, so, so Rashford, you so, said, was a one-season wonder. Anthony, you've already had a go at. Bruno, you're no, not a fan of. Casemiro's old. That's, that's, what what they're they're is, that's what they're doing. That's what they're producing now. No, but that's what I'm... I'm, I'm a coach. Suddenly, suddenly you've picked out of the sky that this Manchester United squad well, is good enough. Nobody would ever get a big job then. What do you mean? Well, because you don't get rid of managers when the team's doing well, do they? But there's still something there, isn't there? There's still a flip. I'm a coach. I'm deserving. I'm a great coach. I can look at these players, Casemiro. Look how look at look at the career. His legs are falling off. Hold on a minute. Look at the career. Hold on a minute. Rashford last year. Oh, there we go. Rashford last year. I can do it. I can get this guy back playing again. Right. Harry Maguire. Tell you what, if he's playing for England, I can sort him out. I've got. Hold on. I've got Varane. I've got Varane. Yeah. I can get. I can build a defence around this guy. Okay. I've also got Anana, who's had a terrible start. But I'll tell you what, there's a reason why the bottom. Right. I mean, that's how the coach. Steady. That's how a good but, coach is thinking. But deserve it. No, I'm quite happy. No, I'm quite happy at Brighton. He might I mean, never we... get an opportunity to manage a team yeah. the size of Manchester United. That's, yeah. so that's the other question. Where does he go after United that's then? A, well, in his brain, he's going to do, he's going to do the job. Hmm. You genuinely yeah. tell him? So, no, seriously, do you think, you think, if you, do you think, if I'm a coach and I, I believe in myself, I'd rather stay at Brighton than go and be coach of Manchester United? But it's not an either really? or, is it? No. It, it's not like I have to go now. It's like, why not stay at Brighton and see no, what no, happens no, in no, the future? No, 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 I just said it. No. No. How often do you get the opportunity yeah, to manage a club the size of Manchester true. United? Which is an estate. No, well, I, hold well, on a second. Yeah, by, but, your, but, by your argument, nobody worth a job will take the job. No, that's what we said. No, but Stevie got a great job. Look at his freeze. Well, get going along with There's a reason he got the sack at Wolves. Well, I'm not in charge of pirates. I'm just telling you. You're coming up with all the reasons why no, why nobody or why somebody like Deserby wouldn't take the job. So why is Zidane knocking on the door? Why is Zidane not there? That's why they got Ollie. But Zidane's not employed at the moment. He's won everything. He's already said he doesn't want to manage in England. Doesn't speak the language. But there's, there's a big, boys, there is a big your difference argument, between the Your argument and, is, is, is nonsense. No, that uh, yeah. Somebody just, no, would rather stay uh, at Brighton than be the coach of Manchester United. Uh, I just don't know where you've twisted this Manchester United squad. I'll, is, tell you what, is, then. Is, I'll tell you what, then. If you're a player at Brighton, 
Would you go to Manchester United? No, at the moment, no. Of course you would. Of course you would. Why are you so, why else would you question Man United come in for you and offer you twice the money? No, money, I'm staying at Brighton because I really money. like it at Brighton. <laughs> yeah. just money, I really enjoy, I, I'm I, really enjoying myself at Brighton. Dan, what, it's a lovely I'm place. not going to Man United, even though, even though one of the biggest, just, arguably one of the, maybe the biggest... Oh, look at everyone who's gone to Manchester United. They've got worse. Everyone has got worse since they've gone there. down the pier at Brighton. Brighton's a lovely pier. Have a nice ice cream. I don't need to bother with the rain. The Serbia would the Serbia would walk backwards if he had a chance to take Manchester United. There are five or six jobs in international football that every manager would take on, and the chance for a coach to get into a club is when they are disorganized. Every coach will think that I can organize them and do well for them. The Serbia would have taken it straight away. Sidan kept saying no because he won everything and he's a a big guy who will, who will get a big chance later. The Serbia will take it straight away. The matter is, if Manchester United think that the Serbia can do it to Manchester United, that Potter didn't do it and Chelsea. Yeah, that is on the Serbia. Again, 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 Ian, uh, Graham Potter thought the same. He said, OK, I had a very good uh, situation where, where I am now, but I have Chelsea. Nobody can deny Chelsea. He went there. What happened? Nothing. I mean, yeah, but you still. have... You have. I, 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 I can understand the fact that you think that it's possible to take that, pos that, that chance. But really, when we see the last four coaches who try to do something and never achieve something, when you're on the coach at Brighton where you are absolutely successful, I think you wonder twice if it's the right choice to go there or not. I said after to Sir Alex Ferguson, first, in every club you do the same. You look for a copy first, a copy of Sir Alex Ferguson. That was David Moyes. Then you go out and just take an old, experienced coach. That was Van Gaal. Then you go to a Mourinho, who you think can win you anything anyway. Then you see back, who was with, with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Sir Alex Ferguson? Who can we use? At that time, that was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He came in and did well. So they go for Ten Hag. He was a successful coach. They will take the job, Frank. Graham Potter, if you asked him now, he will take the Chelsea any day. Because in your life, and I'm with Stevie on that one, there is not many chances you have to get the big clubs. You will never get well, a big club if ego. they're great. That's, Peter? that's called ego. That's not calling. That's not called taking that, things per, uh, by perspective. No. Okay. That is oh, called right. human um, being. This is going to be a shorter Manchester United ego. segment today, and then Stevie ruined it by saying things. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, <laughs> to Rob. Oh, I think somebody bust your balloon. Because well, Jan agrees I with think you. you bust I your thought your we balloon. were moving on. Let's move. He <laughs> started bubble bursting um, bubbles. Move on. Move on. YouTube is available. It is a place which has videos of us to discussing things like Manchester United, <laughs> uh, be sure to check it out. Lionel Messi was awarded his eighth Ballon d'Or on Monday. Here is Jan Argafjortov to shout. Jan. <laughs> you, you, are in a, you are in a good mood today. I mean, nobody, I will start there, nobody will say that uh, uh, Lionel Messi don't deserve any prize. He will probably be player of the year in Norway. He will be the player of the year of our ice hockey league. Lionel Messi is the god. He is maybe the, he is the GOAT. He is the best played, uh, player ever. But if we take this award for serious, that was for last season. It can't, you can't have a better season than Erling Haaland had. If it's going to go on merit, then the Oscar award will always go to Robert De Niro and Al Pacino because they were fantastic actors. You can't do it. Ask Lewandowski. Do you think that this is right? Lewandowski didn't get a Ballon d'Or. So this is 100% I was with Haaland. Does that mean I don't like Messi? I love Messi. He's probably the best ever. As is Al Pacino, one of the best actors ever. Anything to add, gentlemen? He's right again. Really? <laughs> yeah. Even more so than it was two minutes ago. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't have anything to add, Dan. No, are you sure? I'm absolutely <laughs> positive. Uh, there we go. You Is Harlan bothered, Jan? <laughs> uh, I think everybody wants to win, but I, I haven't talked to him about that. But I guess everybody wants want him to, to win. He will keep on scoring his goals. And next year, then, there will be a fight between him and Bellingham. So, uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go indeed. Uh, thank you very much, Jan. Jan will be back with us uh, for extra time. Just a reminder, uh, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, then. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at There's one team in particular I'm laughing at. Um, go on then, Shane. I, I'm, um, I'm not sure where to start. City go up two places after putting together a decent run. They, they didn't have to come. Start at the beginning. Oh, Leverkusen? No. You can't be questioning Real Madrid? No. Spurs? No. Let me start at the beginning. Nice! What's Nice doing in there? What? They're not even in Europe. The top of France. Fra- France? You yeah. You're in the same league that we laugh at every single year. Wow. Wow. Well, and, and you've got them in the sixth best in the world, playing in a, in yeah, a, they're, they're playing above, in a they're, one-team league. They're, they're, they're above PSG, who <coughs> oh, are, are doing their oh, bit in, in, in terms of European oh, football. Oh, I understand. They're above PSG. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm, 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 I'm and sorry. By the way, PSG's ahead of them. How's that? Because they're, because they're in oh, Europe. A because Because of PSG's performances in Europe. I don't, I, uh, anyway, anyway, I'm not sure where else to go with that. He's very combative today. He is. <laughs> I'm with you, Dan. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, are you still here for the power yeah, ranking? Ah, oh, what a treat. <laughs> I am. He's having some to eat. He's having a snack. I'm going to have a late night snack during the power ranking. You're right, Dan. I love, I love his, I wish I'd a sandwich. I love his power ranking and I always love, Girona is a good one. Yeah, Shaka, that means that you follow the football at the moment. Girona, well, fantastic you know me, at the moment. Yeah, you know me, yeah. Well, That's, Come on. Yeah. Manchester City, Manchester City got to be higher. Manchester City doing whatever they want. They do whatever they want. They have to be higher on your list. Ah, they're right. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, what were you eating? Anything nice? Mm. I was eating something for my throat because I've been to a stand-up comic today and I had to shout a bit because I was ranted big time. So uh, oh. that was that was my mint. Oh, okay. Uh, Jan will be with us on extra time, by the way, which is uh, mints and all. It's coming up. Mints with and mints. all. Yes. Stevie has mints, but different. Oh, yeah. He's going to have mints after this. Just have it in his pocket. Uh, stay tuned. Then extra time is next. We'll be answering uh, some of your questions. <laughs> Welcome in then to latest edition of Extra Time. You two going to be okay? You're all right? Oh, You're all having a little... Sorry, boy, we've got a part again. He's getting a little... He's getting a little... Right. I'm going to shut up very oh, loudly. Yeah. I was... Just because I was teasing you at makeup because you didn't know what day Halloween was on. You didn't know what day Halloween? You didn't know the day no. of Halloween. No. What? I can't even tell you. You didn't know it was the 31st of October? No. Every year. Oh, you know any dates? Do you remember no any dates in the I calendar? I don't know ones. No. Should we throw some at no. you? 25th of December. Hi. Oh, <laughs> you got your smart pants here. There we go. What about uh, Easter? Manchester. When's Easter? Well, Easter's not on the same day every year, so that doesn't count. All right. But something... well, see, I didn't know that. See? Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Easter changes. <laughs> see, there you go. Easter Sunday. Yeah. What about a day like February the 14th? Do you know what happens? All right, aye, aye, aye. What's that? It's uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, no, beautiful. It's, 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 that's because every 
Every year you ask me if I've got Elmer a card. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the next year? The answer's always the next year. The answer is yes. <laughs> uh, what about like oh, November the seventh? What's the relevance of that thing? <laughs> How do you know that one? <laughs> Oh, that's Mrs. Nichols' birthday. Oh, oh, beautiful. Oh. Very good. Okay, should we get on with it? I don't have the questions. Let's read the questions off the screen. I, Here we go. I can't see they come. Here they come. Here they come. Oh, okay. uh, for Jan, do you think? Do you think Sesk is right that too many players today only know how to play the style dictated by their manager and sometimes lack the ability to problem solve on the pitch? In, in general, I think there are too many former footballers who says that they want to go back to the 90s with this and that. And we all know there were so many yeah, idiots in the 90s, managers, leaders or whatever. But I think Chess got a, got a point. I, but I, I do think that still the best manager of this world, Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Apostokoglu at the moment, they know how to take that thing into the pitch. Find a system that they still got a system that is like a a jazz melody you have that ground bass there but you can still improvise and i think that the best managers could do that but i i, I think that mr fabregas uh, got a point and some managers take that too far i don't think that the best managers of this world do that i think they manage to get into that even pep at manchester city you still you still see you saw silva against manchester united that was not dictated what he did there was a lot of of, of, of his impulses, of, of his uh, ability to, to, to see the pitch. How much do you do as you're told, Stevie, and how much of it is independent? I am not sure. I am, not, I am see, there's one, the one thing, you know, and, you know, Paul and I used to have this conversation, right, about football. An American football. Okay. So American football, is set, it's all set pieces. Mm -hmm. Our game, things are thrown at you from nowhere. And it's one thing to have a plan. And it's one thing to say, okay, we want to go from here to here to here to here to there. But if on the field that's not possible, then you have to, you have to problem solve yourself. Now, if you're Pep Guardiola and you've got a majority of probably some of the best players that ever played the game, then it's very easy to push a plan, but then you also understand that they can then problem solve themselves. When you start getting past Klopp and Liverpool and you start you start going down, that's where the problem comes. Right. Because players, football, we always call it a football brain. The guys with the real football brains are playing in the top teams because they can problem solve, but also because they can take information on and then produce it. But the lower down you go, guys can't think for themselves. And so, when you set something up and this is how we want to play, and then all of a sudden the opposition do something and you can't do that, then it all starts falling apart. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with Seth. Players, I don't think enough players today can solve their own problems. A good and example, way, just... just Hold on, Jan, can I just back that yeah, up? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> because I speak to a lot of old uh, a lot of old guys I've played with and against who are coaches, mm. and they all say the same thing. They all say the same thing. When things go wrong, when they come off the park, the first thing they say is, you never told me to do that. Wow. That's the, that's the kind of part they come out with. Well, you never told me to do that. Mm. And so they're actually looking to blame some. Well, number one, they're trying to blame somebody else. But actually, in their little shrapnel cluttered brains, oh, okay. they... They, they actually believe that, well, nobody told me to do that, so it's not my fault. As Shaq, I don't think we've discussed just, this before. Just, Hold on, Jan, we'll do this. Okay. Now, just, just an example, Dan, I will do it very, very <laughs> short. I didn't want to hear it. Go no, on, no, no, but it's just, no, just very, very short. We saw, because in terms of the, the question and what Steve is talking about, Manchester United, uh, Manchester City, uh, the, the Manchester derby on Sunday, when Manchester United trade, tried to play out from the back, I think they worked on it on the training field, but the players were not, there was not possible for them to do it. And Edison, the goalkeeper of Manchester City, looks like a playmaker, looks like a quarterback, if you compare it with the Manchester United players. And that just shows you that you need the ability, you can't just dictate it, that you play out from the back. Uh, and I think that was a good example of it. Can I ask you a question now, Shaka? Sure. I'm Do available. <laughs> Does Arteta splitting game time between Ryan and Ramsdale make them both weaker, given they're not getting enough minutes? Sure. 
That, that, that's, that's not the issue at all. I, I, I totally understand him playing one in the cup in, in this circumstance. It's, it's Ramsdale and one more regularly in the league. And, and, and Raya, that, that for me is not, it's not the mistake he's making around his goalkeepers. As, as I said from the get-go, say one is your number one. Right now, it's David Raya. Stick with it. Because I, my feeling all along is that by, by saying that it's, I don't really have a number one, it, it it gets into the mindset of the goalkeepers and you worry that the first mistake I make, I'm going to be out of the team. Right. And nobody wants to play under that pressure. And I think that's what's affecting David Raya and, and has him making as many mistakes as he is because he goes in there thinking, well, it's kind of even, I'm not really number one. And, and, and that, for me, just makes it all the more problematic. Uh, Jan, who is more likely to win a trophy this season? Chelsea, Ajax, or Manchester United? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Chelsea. 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 But I, saw, I saw tonight the Ajax won 2-0 tonight, so they're kind of coming now oh, strongly. The resurgence has oh, started. The there you go. Come back, Sean. Chelsea Carabao Cup, I suppose, aren't they? Yes. Finals. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Dan. We've only got, what, Newcastle next round? That's fine. I thought you were putting Harry Kane there, Harry Kane and Tottenham, who will be in the oh, most trophy this season. Oh, come on, Jan, you oh, better. Well, you have to do, you have to say that. You have to say no. that. Yeah, I think that no. Harry Kane would, I love us at Tottenham yeah. doing well. Oh, he's a jinx, but isn't he? Harry's a jinx, clearly. Yeah. Oh, bad. Uh, uh, Tough crowd today. Yeah, and is Haaland going to win next year's Ballon d'Or if City keep winning trophies like they always do? No, I think Messi will win it again because he was the best player of all time. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, you see? Oh. Yeah, and you don't really care, do you? No. Absolutely. I can't sleep tonight because of that. <laughs> uh, imagine you're the new owner of Manchester United, Stephen. How oh, would get the Zerbi? <laughs> How would you start the rebuilding process of this club? How would get the Zerbi? Really? Brighton, though. <laughs> argument is just bonkers. Just bonkers. One of the one of the biggest clubs on the planet. But you'd rather stay at Brighton. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> I like Brighton. It's nice. Yeah. Got a lovely pig. Ah, ah. pig. Good nightlife. Good ice cream as well. Yeah, ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream's yeah. good. Yeah. Anytime sit, just sit in the house, anytime you want ice cream, you just nip it with ice cream shops everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get that in Manchester. Shaka, uh, if you were in De Gea's shoes, mm? a free agent goalkeeper who is the current Premier League Golden Glove winner, would you take any smallish club or wait a year for a big club? Will money ever be a factor? Um, I, well, if the, if the decision were mine, I, I would take a smaller club if I wanted to continue playing. Yeah. I'd take a smaller club. Would you still have that desire, do you think? Yeah. Yeah? I think so. I, I think so. Jan, how was your journey from a pro footballer to a journalist slash pundit? And what is one thing that genuinely surprised you about your new job? Ah, I'm not so surprised about my new job. I have realised that you have to do the same in this profession, being a pundit or an expert, to do the same as we did as a football player, is to work hard. And there's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot Sorry. of. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying that everybody's doing that. That was my next point, Dan. To say that there's a lot of a lot of footballers who just think that being a former footballer, you're a good pundit. That's not true at all. Uh, so you have to work hard. For, for me, it was was a matter of. I wanted to be a part of the game. I, I did my coaching education, but I didn't want to be a coach. I just did that to kind of uh, understand the game even more. Uh, but I always wanted to, to work in TV. So uh, that was my road after my career. How hard do you work? Really hard. Oh, really, Shaq, yeah? I'm, I'm taking a rest tomorrow. Yes, now. yeah. <laughs> Stephen? I'm exhausted already. <laughs> you shouting at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just... I should have gone to bed earlier last night. I was just looking at all kinds of stuff. Uh, How early did you go to bed? <laughs> Tell you the truth. Hey? How early did you go to bed last night? I didn't go. Honestly, I... Hey. Grindstone. Grindstone. Uh, predict United's January transfer moves, Shaka. What? A new manager. New, who would they get? Uh, deserve oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure any players. I'm, I'm not sure any players want to go to Manchester United. Why Dan? would he go to Man United? Right, who okay. wants to go to Man United? Nobody. 
So many... what players are going to go? De Gea. Sorry? <laughs> De Gea. United's January transfer moves. <laughs> I just told you. The manager. Right? <laughs> what players? I've got no idea. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought you'd be working hard. What's the work have you been doing? I've got no idea. Jan? No, I'm not sure about that. Could we could we see Sancho going from Manchester United to Tottenham alone for six months and be the superstar oh. of Tottenham? Could we see that? Oh, and I think there's why more. Would they... Why would they why do they that? Why they let him go to because... Tottenham though? Because... Yeah, because I think I think Postecoglou could get hold of him. Sancho is a good player. He hasn't shown at the Manchester United as anybody else who went to Manchester oh. United. So I think that Sancho can, can that be a move. It's, January is a very, very hard uh, transfer window, as we know. And, and I, I, I can't see there is any solution in the January window that can solve the problems of Manchester United. I, I can't see that. When you ask what, what, what would a new owner do, I mean, do the roof at Old Trafford. That is the first oh, thing you should do. Yeah, I mean, do why would something. a proper player go to United right now? Well, why would a proper manager go to United right now? Well, because it's a completely different mindset. Well, you say because it's a big club <laughs> yeah, and you might complete, have the only one chance. So if you're a player, no, you only have one no, chance to go to the big club no, of Manchester United. No, it's it, no, completely different being a manager as being a player. Totally different. It is done. Completely. We have Didn't to agree with you. Did during the argument say, <laughs> if you're a Brighton player Manchester United come knocking, why would you not go to Manchester United? <laughs> I was in the middle of a heated argument. <laughs> I just, I thought it sounded good. <laughs> At the time, I thought it sounded good. Uh, but proper, proper that, that's player. made me so happy. That's it. That brings us to the end of extra time. <laughs> proper players won't go. They won't have any break. Here. 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 Tomorrow for more. Oh, Until God. then, goodbye. <sighs> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.